everybody. Welcome to our Hidden Gems episode of the podcast. We're really excited to be here today and we are doing another one of our diversity and film showcases where we talk about films on all the different streaming services that showcase people of color and other uh, other div- types of expressions of diversity uh, that we want to get the word out about these films and we're really excited to talk about them. I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and I am joined by my friend Ryan who's here. Hi Rachel, it is so good to be with you as always. And we have a special guest, uh, my fellow YouTuber friend of the podcast that we have Ronald Smith is here. Greetings y'all, glad to be here, glad to put a good time. Yeah, so you were on our best uh, movies of the decade uh, collaboration that we did. Yes. But uh, if people don't uh, don't know you, know about your channel, why don't you introduce yourself? I would love to do that. My my channel is my name, Ronald E. Smith. I always believe that everybody has a story. Everyone's come from somewhere. So what I love to do is interview people. I love to get to sit down with them and chat with them and to see where they come from where they started from and how they got here and the challenges and the problems that they they dealt with to get where they are now. I love it because I love to bring them and make them comfortable with what we do. Yeah. And that's what I love doing. And you're good at it. And I, I, I know from experience because I was able to be one of your interviewees and that was I really fun. Uh, that was, it feels like a million years ago. When, when <laughs> was that that we did that? Was it in February? Yeah, like everything feels like so long ago. Yeah, March lasted about uh, six years. April oh. lasted about five. <laughs> I, I'm I'm surprised that I'm I'm not a father right now because yeah. so much time has passed. That's I right. actually grow my hair out to the point I found, and I just finally got a haircut. Like, geez, Louise. Yeah. Yeah. My my hair grows thick, not long. So I was just like, "Am I turning into the Wolfman? What's going on?" <laughs> and then when I got a cut, it was like. I think I lost like 10 pounds. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you, you feel like the whole weight was off your shoulders. Oh, yeah. Yes. Literally. <laughs> yeah, I know. Everybody was getting this like kind of uh, overgrown uh, big uh, Bigfoot kind of look going on there for a little while. Yeah. We're and I right. can hide it because I have long hair. So it's not a big deal. But yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, so many my big fear. My big fear was that I was going to become one of the members of the Bee Gees or something. <laughs> the Bee Gees. Stay in the line. Stay in the line. Well, that's the best we can hope for in 2020. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we hope you're all doing very well. And I'll put a link down to our first diversity showcase that we did with uh, my friend Eli Sanza. And that was really, really fun. And now we're here again, and uh, we are doing three picks, each of us, uh, that we think are worth checking out and, uh, and what streaming service that you can watch them on. And uh, so let's just dive in. This is going to be great. And uh, so my first choice uh, is on HBO Max, and this was a film that I watched at Sundance uh, called On the Record, and uh, this is a pretty tough-to-watch documentary. Like, they, when we first started, uh, they were like, we have counselors in the lobby for if anybody's triggered and stuff, which I thought was a little much, but, but it is a pretty tough-to-watch uh, documentary. Uh, it's a about 
these women, uh, particularly a woman named Drew Dixon, who was a uh, an, an executive at Def Jam Records for many years, and her story of basically being raped and assaulted by Russell Simmons, who is the co-founder of uh, of Def Jam Records, and uh, and not only her, but other women who had very similar stories and that's the most creepy part is listening to them each share their stories and them to be like so similar in the way they were the the way they were preyed upon and uh and uh, la la reed uh is kind of basically like helped ruin her career because she wouldn't uh she wouldn't um uh agree with uh his uh his advances and and with russell and anyway and so uh it's pretty tough to to watch and they also talk about how like the me too movement uh that because they felt like black men are often sort of marginalized and under attack they felt bad bringing these assaults to being part of the me too movement bringing the assaults to the forefront because it was like, well, that's one more thing that against a knock against black men, which of course like is, is not like if you've been assaulted, you need to uh, you need to bring that forward and, and there needs to be some justice. Uh, and so the, there was also a lot of talk about why women, black women are hesitant to bring these things forward and they even go back into some of the history, uh, even as far back as, as slavery and different things. And it was really searing and draining to watch. And uh, anyway, but it's worthwhile and important and to hear their stories. Uh, there were a couple little things I kind of wished that uh, about her personal life with Drew that I wish we had learned a little bit more about. Like she all of a sudden in the middle of the documentary announces that she's left her husband and it was a little, I kind of wanted to know a little more about that. Um, but it, it, that's a small, small quibble uh, of a very like searing and well done and tough to watch important documentary. So I don't know if either of you have heard of this at all. This on oh, I heard about it in review before, I, yeah. I had never even heard of this story, let alone this documentary. Mm -hmm. So it was, uh, so yeah. when I heard, when I, when you send me the pic of this and like on the record, where is that from? And I looked it up and I'm like, wow, I am surprised that this wasn't like at least reported on, but I, but I guess they made it into a documentary, which is good. Yeah. So you'd heard an interview, uh, Ron? Yeah. I heard about this in, in another review because I don't have HBO Max, but I heard it in a review from Double Toasted and mm. I, and I remember one alleg uh, one allegation from Russell Simmons before, and but it wasn't really it it was there, but it wasn't dug deep enough. Like it was, it was kind of like brushed to the side, and when just what you were talking about and how they were talking about it, I was I'm still like, dang, like it is rough. Yeah, it is rough. Yeah, and so that it's not a lot the in the in the business too. Yeah, it's not the kind of movie to watch on a Friday night with your friends. It's, no, it's the kind of movie, to, mm -mm. Kind like, of movie bro, to let's come and watch on the record about. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, I've been waiting for that. Really messed up situation. It's like, yeah, like I said, they literally had counselors present uh, at Sunday. It seems like it is definitely necessary. Yeah, for, it uh, 
yeah and uh there's uh i think let's see four there's five or i think six different women in the film and uh that all it's just really creepy how similar each of their stories is and the way that they were uh uh preyed upon is just just it's just sad and uh so uh yeah it's definitely something i think worth uh worth checking out and it's kind of weird because uh, i wish i we could get more information from uh from oprah on it because she originally was an executive producer and she was very involved and then all of a sudden she dropped her involvement and then she uh uh and she just she wasn't at sundance she uh, i think kind of last minute just didn't end up showing up at sundance so i don't know what the problem is there but um uh and uh so yeah i like they say here on wikipedia says winfrey only informed uh, the directors of her departure 20 minutes before making it public and so they were totally blindsided by oprah all of a sudden cutting ties so i'd love to know why because i I don't know that that's a little bit weird to me kind of sketchy yeah 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 doesn't doesn't sound fishy at all <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh yeah so i that would be interesting maybe there's a documentary there that they can do i don't know it's documentary reception but I, I i didn't mean to start the the podcast off on such a downer so uh sorry about that but it's important it's important oh, we got this, this, this what we show to do it's, it's okay yeah. yeah. So, uh, Ron, what do you have as your first pick? All right. I'm going to continue the train going. Uh, I got LA 92. And that is no, and you can find that on Netflix, but also, too, you can find it on YouTube for free for a little bit. It is, it is basically a, a documentary on the Rodney King trials and how everything was building up to it and when we all know in the end rodney king the people the cops that beat rodney king got off free la went went down right. like burned burned down to see and it's it, it resembles a lot that's happened today in the pen and the past few weeks and months of the riots that have recently been happening and the one thing people always want to know about the riots and stuff like they, they, they come out of the blue which isn't true the documentary right. show, like, completely shows it, how it was just, it was like a seed. It was planted and every, all, all the black people were just mad. Like, cause they, for years and years, crime been going on and justice was never served. And they felt that, okay, this is going to be it. He's caught on tape. They're going to get these cops. And they're going to go to jail. And they didn't. And it escalated. And he, I'm telling you, it's it's just like watching Rewind because everything that you've seen happen today happened in that documentary. Burned everything to the ground. People beating everybody down. And you know when they say you, you don't know your past, you know you, you don't know remember your past, you're gonna remember your future. It's a shame. It's a shame because it's repeated itself. Time has repeated itself today. But I think it's also a good a good watch because. Everyone that wants to yell or just be just not, or not think about how all these things have happened, this has happened before, and other rights happened before '92. So, I highly recommend it. 
Yeah. I, I, I haven't seen that. So that sounds really interesting. I definitely have to watch that. Uh, it's a, uh, is uh is that like a 30 for 30 kind of like a doc- mm-hmm. style documentary or no uh i wouldn't i think so mm-hmm. kind of kind, kind of, of yeah. yeah cool that sounds really interesting i'll definitely check that out uh okay great um uh, ryan uh what's your first pick so uh so just to break up the uh just to break things up here i've got a bit of a more of a lighthearted movie if i guess if you want to call it that it's it's high flying bird from director steven soderbergh uh we all know who he is he directed traffic aaron brockovich the oceans movies and rachel uh, a favorite of rachel and mine logan lucky uh it's about a uh it's about a it's about a basketball agent who during a lockout has to like play several sides against each other to try and end the lockout. Uh, it's about a 90-minute movie, and what got it on my radar initially was that Soderbergh shot the entire thing on on iPhones. Mm. And and at first I was like, he shot the whole thing. How did he do that? Like, and when I watched the movie, I'm like, okay, I see how he did it. Like, he made the whole thing look very smooth and smooth and clean and very nice looking. Uh, the cast in here is really good in there as well. Zazie Beetz is in there, who was objectively the best part of Deadpool 2, and it's not even a competition. Uh, there's also some other character actors in there, like Bill Duke, who has been in too many good things to mention, but I'll forever know him as Mac from Predator. Like, Mac! 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 <laughs> and he's really funny in High Flying Bird as well. And there's something about these types of movies where it's like, it's an agent going up against like another team's agent and then like team owners and maybe the commissioner if they want to go that far. It's just business talk. Some people find that boring. I find it fascinating. And it's just, High Flying Bird is definitely something that flew under the radar, which is ironic considering its title. And uh, I think everyone should definitely take a look. When was it made? 2017, if I remember Uh right. I haven't heard of that. That sounds really interesting. I definitely have to check that out. Yeah, very good. Very good. Have you heard of that, um, Rob? Nope. Yeah. The moment, the moment he said the name, I was all like, oh man, I'm I'm in for a trip because I have never heard this before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sounds really good. Plus, uh, uh, plus it's all about basketball and the business of basketball. And Rachel, you and I both know we're into that. So Yeah, yeah, that sounds really good. Uh, so... I'm actually changing mine from the list that I sent over. Uh, last minute change. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> Uh-oh. Here we go. Here we go. Don't curb uh, Yeah. So, what's that? Swerve. Yeah. <laughs> so, my next choice is actually a romantic comedy uh, that I think that I've always thought was pretty underrated. This is called Something New. This is from 2006. And this stars uh, Sanaa Lathan as a woman who uh, is kind of frustrated about dating. Uh, she, uh, she feels like she uh, is not meeting the right kinds of guys. And uh, she in particular just always saw herself dating a black man. Uh, and, uh, and then out of the blue, she meets this uh, guy played by Simon Baker, who's 
white and uh, they have this incredible chemistry, uh, but she really, really, really struggles. And I think why I think this movie is really good is uh, obviously it's exploring a biracial relationship, which is important and interesting to do. Um, but it also kind of talks about some of these struggles that black women have in, uh, in progressing in their careers uh in the they call it the black tax uh in uh in the movie and how she kind of puts these barriers up because she just sort of anticipates that happening and uh and so i i think that their relationship they have huge chemistry uh and uh almost that she can't even even though she she doesn't want to have this relationship she can't deny it because it's so strong uh, and so it's something new and the whole supporting cast is really nice really well done and I, I think that it's just it's a well-written script uh, and it's got Blair Underwood in it Mike Epps is in it it's uh, it's just it's really well done and I, I think uh, it's one that more people should check out it's way from 2006 uh, so I don't know if either of you have heard of this one no. I've never never heard of it, but is Simon Baker the guy from The Mentalist? Yes, he is. <laughs> I, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, that guy's name sounds familiar. I'm like, oh, he's from The Mentalist. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it, that's the that's the same one, and he's super hunky in it. He's <laughs> very go. attractive. There you go. <laughs> yes, uh, and uh, so yeah, I think that people will like it. It's available on Amazon Prime. Uh, to watch and if you like rom-coms like I do then and something that has something I think to say and some good performances with some real heart I think you should check it out it's really good uh, <laughs> Ron what's your next pick I'll, I'll throw it back to me okay here we go y'all. here we go I'm gonna <laughs> I'm going with a, uh, yeah it's, it's basically kind of like a documentary uh, it's by director y- y'all know her and I always butcher her last name, so please forgive me. Ava du- uh, Duvener, Duvenary? Duvenay, I think. I think. Always butchered that last part of every <laughs> single time. Sorry, but Ava. <laughs> if, if it makes you feel any better, Ron, uh, I uh, I struggle with everyone's names. I'm surprised I haven't called Rachel Rochelle or something. <laughs> it's yeah. coming. Don't worry. So, so don't, don't feel too bad. I'm, yeah. so, I'm trying not to thank you Brian I appreciate that <laughs> this is called the 13th yes and I, I remember a friend of mine told me about it and I I've always saw it on Netflix but I never really clicked on it and then one day he told me he saw it and he said Ron you gotta watch this like it's really really good and it's basically about how because the 13th amendment abolished slavery but it didn't mean that blacks and African Americans were free. They still they still found a way to arrest them and to get them in prison and to really, really make life harder for them. You know, they taxed them in a way that while you're free, we can still put you in jail for basically petty crimes. And as time moves on, you see how the the jail system is was how was structured and built and how as decades move a lot of crimes again for like from the reagan eras from the from the say you know just say no and how they from the cocaine from the crack 
and how which one was more taxed on harder for black people. So if you got charged with crack, you can prison for multiple years, but you crack, uh, if you get charged with cocaine, you get a little bit of slap on the wrist. And even seeing it when black people go to jail, the system is built against them because once you get out of prison, you can't get a, you, you can't really get a life because the system is already is set you up to fail because how many people we know that leave prison can get a good job? They can't. And it's heartbreaking. You know, it really dives in full detail about the history from the beginning to the middle and a little bit for today. And it's sad, but also it's a good eye opener to, for us to understand and educate ourselves about it. Yeah, I, this is a really excellent film. And uh, one thing I admired about it is that it is extremely fair as far as it's it's not like a piece of propaganda. It's like some of these some of these political documentaries can be so one sided as far as their uh, their um, uh, like like I think Newt Gingrich is interviewed on here. You have like people from both parties that are are interviewed mm -hmm. um and find fault like it's pretty tough on the it's tough on the Obama administration it's tough on obviously the bush administration it's tough on everybody this is a national problem so this is not a democratic problem or a republican problem uh, and i think that a lot of people are kind of hesitant sometimes with political uh documentaries that that i don't know there there there's some that they'll be overly manipulated something like a michael moore kind of documentary yeah. uh, but in this case that's not the case this is a very fair reasonable look at something that is a huge problem that we need to face together and uh and that you know the people are uh the whole communities are uh are you know ruined by things like the crime bill and the thing something that i think with the best of intentions has really hurt uh hurt uh and we have pe hurt us and we have people in prison that for doing things that it's it's ridiculous like i mean for for smoking pot things like that that you're just like what exactly, is yes. going on uh and so i yeah and i think it's it's a really important documentary that we should all uh we should all watch and, and also, it's free right now so you should watch it and just a just a smaller thing what rachel said she's absolutely right because there are also former mayors former senators that were on the documentary and they admit they admit that yeah i thought i was doing the right thing you know mm -hmm. but oh dang it, it i i didn't yeah, I mean, like Joe Biden was a huge proponent of the crime bill. The crime bill was a was a a, a thing to have in your a notch on your belt. Every politician wanted to be associated with uh, at the time because I mean uh, that's such a a uh, a politically kind of it's an easy sell uh, mm -hmm. for for people. It's not a, it's, like on the surface it seems very uncontroversial. I'm against crime. Who's 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 not against crime like, like you know what i mean exactly. like it seems like a very easy win for a politician and so that's why i mean hillary clinton every like the crime bill was very popular <laughs> yes and uh, it's not until years later that we kind of realized what what was actually happening and how it helped to start systematic or encourage more systematic racism and problems uh so yeah it's very good choice uh have you have you gotten to see that yet ryan 
I've always meant to, but it, yeah. and it, this isn't like anything personal. It's just I've I haven't seen it. It's not yeah. like oh I'm not going to bother myself with that. It's just like other stuff has gotten in the way and just. It's yeah. just, I have no excuse other than that. But now with the current times that we're living in, I really do not have an excuse not to watch it because I think you both said my thoughts exactly. It's like, it's not a left or right thing. It's a problem that we all have to try and fix. And yes. and the politicizing of it is just, it just makes me sick. And I don't, mm -hmm. and I don't really care what side of the aisle you sit on. It's like, Racism is an evil that is just plagued this world for far too long, and I and I would appreciate it. It just if we just took some steps to try and just treat people with some level of respect, yeah. like it's like a golden rule. Like we should know this stuff by now. It's like you don't have to be a religious person to know this. It's just it's day one. Like, treat your fellow human like you would like to be treated. But people just don't do it, unfortunately. So, well, 100%. yeah, well, I mean, what else, what else can I say other than just, yeah. It's, yeah, unfortunately, it's something that that is taught because when you're little, you don't know. You know, you true. see everybody the same you when you're a little it. kid. I mean, even back in the, in the uh, 19th century when, uh, you know, you had this, the kids of of uh, slaves and and slave owners playing together and then they have to be taught to taught to hate and taught to subvert to 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 subjugate people and uh and then it just continues on uh because of power and the 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 uh the the lust for power that mm -hmm. uh, that it, it has and so yeah it's a problem and it's definitely a, a good documentary to watch so all right, Ryan, what do you have as your next choice? So uh, so my next choice is from 2016. It's a zombie film called Train to Busan. Uh, this is a Korean film. And let me just say the name of this director right, because like I said, I know me, and I will get this name wrong. So this is directed by Sang-ho Yeon. That's about as close as I'm gonna get. <laughs> I think but uh, but this uh, but this movie is about a father who is uh, trying to reconnect with his daughter, and so they go they go on a train trip together. But the problem is, a zombie apocalypse happens to break out, as as normally what happens. And so, Train to Busan is something that I searched out for because I saw the movie Parasite, which is also Korean. I absolutely loved it. And I was like, I wonder if Korea's got any other stuff out lately. And I found Train to Busan mostly because people were like, you gotta see Train to Busan. You gotta see Train to Busan. I'm like, okay, I'll see Train to Busan. And so I saw it and I'm like, okay, I get it now. It's, uh, it's, it reminds me a lot of Dawn of the Dead from George A. Romero. It's like, it's a bunch of humans trapped in a confined space with zombies trying to come in. And it's just, people stab each other in the back when they should be focusing on defeating the zombies or getting the hell out of there. And so it's it's just, it's a lot of backstabbing, it's a lot of score settling, and it's just like, it, it's frustrating, but, but it's appreciated all at the same time because the movie is shot so well and it's, it's, there's some shots where like, oh God. And like, this is a time where I'm like, 
uh, I think I've pretty much seen it all. But now it's like there were some of these shots where I was just like, oh, good Lord, I think I'm going to turn my nightlight on tonight. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> just to put the period at the end of the sentence, Train to Busan, <laughs> it's, it's definitely not for everyone. And it's got some uh, moments. But if you can get through it, it's definitely worth a shot. Very cool. I've heard me. about it. I have not seen it because uh, I am a little bit uh, nervous when it comes to horror movies. Same. But I've heard really good things about this one. And I do Ronald, like some you zombies. You see what I had to do to get this woman to watch Drive. It was like a, <laughs> it was a nonstop like, Rachel, have you watched Drive yet? And she was like, I, uh, is that like you've got <laughs> And she liked it. So, I did like it. Yeah, yeah, I did. See, I told you. Yeah. So I, I know I have to put on my big girl panties sometimes and watch horror movies. Yeah. I'm there with you. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> so I, I, I'm, I'm on the side with you, okay? <laughs> All right. Well, my next choice is also from Asia. And this is uh, from, uh, this is my last choice, my third choice. Um, this is called Shadow. And uh, so this, this movie, Shadow, is a film by Zhang Yimou. Uh, and he is an incredible director, a martial arts director, if you love martial arts, which I do. Mm. And this movie is about this rivalry between uh, these, uh, this commander and this other ruler, this emperor, and uh, they, the one uh, ends up in kind of hiding and uh, then and sends out this other person uh, that, so there's sort of this, this shadow of this person to protect him. And, uh, and the plot, it doesn't really matter the plot. The plot is, <laughs> is inconsequential the the action set pieces are so amazing in this movie particularly they have all of these scenes with these umbrellas that are made with uh with blades and so they they do the 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 martial arts with the umbrellas and it amazing and the whole thing is shot in a very has a color palette that's very like silver and black and white and so then when you get the 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 violence which this movie is quite violent um it's not scary but it's very violent um and you get the blood with the red and next to this like monochromatic cinematography that you've had is just very very uh memorable and there's kind of a love triangle in the story and i normally hate that but i actually kind of dug it here and uh i it's just just to watch at least for the action set pieces was some of the most incredible cinematography that we had in all of uh last year and uh it's i don't know how they were able to stage these fights is unbelievable so if you like martial arts you gotta see it it was really cool oh yeah i have martial arts i just recently uh found a copy of ender the dragon and i was watching that and it was really good Mm, so that's really good i've been kind of in a martial arts movie (laughs) mood and uh and when and rachel when you said umbrellas with blades on them the entire time i was thinking and this is why we shouldn't let Eli Roth make singing in the rain. <laughs> oh my! Oh my goodness! Yeah. Oh no! Yeah, but That's if you if, if you watched um, Kung Fu Panda two, 
they actually bring in some of those elements of the blades they do in the oh, yes, they, yes they do with uh yeah. with the peacock like god bless though the writer and director <laughs> of that movie they somehow made a peacock threatening a peacock yeah they somehow <laughs> managed to do it but there's this whole scene too where they're actually they they, they there's this flood and they use the umbrellas as basically like sleds to to and so you've got this whole army of people with these blade umbrellas that are sliding down uh into town into the town uh that they're going to seek revenge off of uh off of uh this this rivalry that's in the the movie and uh, it's it's really cool uh i highly it recommend it sounds cool just by you describing it yeah. oh good i'm mm-hmm. glad i successfully described it <laughs> i i actually kind of love martial arts movies i i need to watch more of them but i love it like it nice. man and i love uh <laughs> and the enter the dragon i love uh the you know, the rumble in the bronx movies like that i just there's some the i think it's really fun oh the race yeah the <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh yeah i think it's definitely one of those movies that fell under the radar that really shouldn't um from uh, last year so uh, you, neither of you have seen shadow then no no not i to, have I, not I until you told me all about it oh good i'm glad i got introduced <laughs> all right ron what's your last pick all right oh, yeah okay then and rachel and i talked about this one and i think it fits to just this topic only because it's a good learning because again basically of everything we've, i just been talking about and a topic we brought up before about racism and how people aren't born racist people aren't born with hate in their heart and this film really teaches that american history x Oh yeah, it is to, to still to this day one of my all-time favorite films. It, I loved it so much because they gave us with Edward Norton. Because to me, this is also Edward Norton's best performance. I still I don't think he's ever topped this for me. How, him him being a neo-Nazi, and the evil things that he has done, but throughout the movie it goes from present day to flashbacks to the past and you're just seeing Derek from where he was from neo-nazi to when he isn't a neo-nazi and you're just seeing him the transformation of how he became it and how he didn't want to do it anymore because everything with anything is just it's planted something in his past hurt him and he wanted to find something to ease the pain and put the pain to something else and what takes for him to see the light is when he goes to prison and he meets another black person and he just sees him for what he is. He doesn't see him for color. He sees him as a person. And that, and that shade of hate slowly fades away, even to his favorite teacher who's African-American. And I love how it has so many layers to it, how he's not afraid to be in your face about it, but also too shows you that you can, you can, fall but you can change and you can get back up but also too life is not fair there's consequences to everything we do and sometimes our past comes back to haunt us so this movie touches everything right it's on youtube it was on netflix it was i remember that but it ain't no more but you can rent it mm-hmm. that's three dollars yeah I, I have not seen this one and i i 
I was surprised because I've only seen the imagery and I was like, wow, that looks that you know it looks very uh you know it's it's very startling to see you know this guy with the swastikas and everything on him and tattooed on him uh but it sounds really interesting uh so i appreciate you picking that yes it's it's it's, it is a rough watch like it's straight in your face with a lot of hard scenes but also too it has a big emotional scenes that really makes your heart melt and then you're just like dang it man like Oh, yeah. Have you seen that one, Ryan? Uh, I haven't seen it all the way through, but I have I, seen. Uh, and I understand I, that. And I think Ron will know this scene, the curb fighting scene. Ooh. Oh, God. Ooh. Because I, I heard about it on a podcast and I went out of my way to watch it. Big mistake. Big, big mistake. It's, oh, it's so it's, rough. I will watch it one day though, because I know it's like, okay, this has got to be like, I got to get over this. And and I tend to like Edward Norton in most of the things that he is in. So it's, it's yeah. weird that I haven't seen it other than that other scene, but I'll definitely go out of my way to see it. Uh, one, more, it oh, go ahead. one more note before we move on. Uh, I don't know how familiar you guys are with Joe Rogan, but about six mm-hmm. months ago, he did a podcast with a man named Daryl Davis, who, uh, in his life, Daryl Davis, has converted about 200 men out of the Ku Klux Klan. And that's mm. not 20, that's not like, no, it's 200. And to hear how he does it, it's just like, wow, why didn't I think of that? But it's just, for someone who is a black man to just actually like walk up to someone and say, hey, you're in the Klan, why are you in the Klan? And they're like, well, for these reasons, and then just break down their argument and they're just like my entire life has been a lie and and davis has like ku klux klan robes and he knows all the hierarchies and how like at the state level they're called like the grand dragon and the grand cyclops and the grand like eyeballs and wizards and just it's silly but you know it's the kkk they're a hate organization they're just an outdated and organization built on hate and but but for this guy daryl davis and i'm not doing the podcast justice you have to just go listen to it it's just to hear how he was able to do it it just it it was like like my heart grew three sizes like i like in the grinch (laughs) yeah yeah that sounds really good that sounds really good uh all right ryan what's your last pick so my last pick is uh we've talked mostly about you know about Korean and like African-American cinema. Well, I'm going to switch it up a bit and talk about a little Spanish cinema. I'm talking about Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, This is from director Guillermo del Toro, director of the Hellboy movies, The Shape of Water. Uh, He's been doing a lot of good stuff lately. He's gonna be directing Pope Pinocchio, the live action Pinocchio. God help us for that. That's gonna be be wild. (laughs) (laughs) We know that. My yeah. soul is not prepared for that. <laughs> but Pan's Labyrinth is about a young girl during World War II who discovers a world underneath her own. It's, I think I can describe the movie kind of like a twisted version of Alice in Wonderland. It's this young girl who goes to, well, a wonderland filled with crazy creatures and just beautiful imagery. And what makes Guillermo del Toro's movies so fascinating is that the plot, largely speaking, doesn't matter. They're just vehicles for him to just 
share his love of monster movies and monster makeup and monster effects. Uh, Del Toro is someone who just prides himself on using CGI in like as little as possible and making things as tactile and practical as possible. Like the troll market in Hellboy 2 or just too many other examples to count. But in terms of Pan's Labyrinth, I think he may have some of his most creative designs to date. Like just, you know, the guy with with the uh, the eyes in his hands and he's like this and just, I, I can't remember his name at the second, but it's pretty freaky. And just the fairies and the trolls and the goblins, it's it's a visual feast. It's a little light on story, but like I said, it Pan's Labyrinth is essentially a vehicle for Guillermo del Toro to just go nuts in the uh, visuals and the makeup department. So uh, I wouldn't say it's his best film, but I would say it's one of his best. So if you haven't seen it, I do recommend it wholeheartedly. Yeah, you definitely have to see it. It's very bloody, uh, but it's, it's, uh, it's a fairy tale for, for adults, uh, which you don't get very often. Oh, no. uh, what's that? I thought for a moment they said fairy tale. Oh no, it's because it's a fairy tale for kids. Like, oh no. no, no. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Oh, it's no. a fairy tale for adults, which is such a unique experience. I mean, and that's basically what he gave us with the shape of water as well. It was basically a fairy tale, but for adults. And uh in here even more so uh in that in the themes and style and just everything about it. It's very unique and I really enjoy it as well. Uh so yeah, great choice. Great choice. Have you seen Pan's Labyrinth? I'm not. I have not. But I do remember what Ryan brought up about the eyes. I think I saw yeah. like either a clip or a trailer of that, and <laughs> I saw this it. Is like this is like the most recognizable thing from that entire movie. You do this in yeah. front of someone, they're like Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. And I was like, I don't know what that is. Long walk. I ain't. I ain't gonna see it. Okay, I'm gonna just go to bed and, and go to sleep because I don't need that in my life. Watch it with the lights on. <laughs> <laughs> two flashlights next to me <laughs> yeah yeah uh well very very uh great picks everybody i think uh we've given some people some we've given the listeners some really good choices of a variety of films that you can watch and that helped you uh help to give you a more diverse experience in your film viewing which i think is really important and uh i think that uh that you know, Roger Ebert said that uh, that movies are a machine for creating empathy. And I think a lot of the films, even something like a zombie movie or, you know, whatever it might be, that they have uh, metaphors for our society. They have, and sometimes they're very, very searing, realistic, and sometimes they're more fanciful. But either way, they hopefully at their core will help you to be able to have more empathy for other people and to be able to walk in their shoes uh, and uh, there's so many films that we could talk about that do a great job with that. I mean, Moonlight was such an eye-opening experience for me in that way. You know, to be able to walk in the shoes of a person that I will probably never meet in my life, you know, that uh, him being in Florida uh, and, uh, and everything and me being in Utah, but I can watch the movie and I can, I can experience life through them. And that's the great gift that, that, these films can give us is they can help us to have empathy and hopefully be better people uh, as a result so it's not just watching for entertainment's sake it's watching to 
improve and become better and understand people better. And uh, so that's kind of my closing thoughts, but Ron, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, this was a lot of, uh, of fun to collaborate together and we'll definitely have to have you back for sure. And uh, where can people find you as far as your content and your interviews that you do? Well, one, thank you, Rachel. Thank you, thank you, you, Rachel and Ryan for having me here. I had a good time talking with you guys. I couldn't stop grinning. It was a great time. And if y'all want to go to my, go see me and see me chat with some good people and get to know them better and for them to be open up and get real with me, go find me at Ronald E. Smith on YouTube. I promise you, I ain't hard to find. Type in Ronald E. Smith, <laughs> you'll see me. I promise you guys. Yes, I'll have all that information in the description section. So make sure you guys follow, uh, follow Ron. <laughs> well, Ryan, where can people find you? So people can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at RyanCam20. Uh, on my channel, RyanCam Movie Reviews, uh, I just uploaded my episode for the AFI project called uh, For Some Like It Hot, my review of that movie, which is one of my favorite comedies. That was a lot of fun to make. Uh, I'm also reviewing all of Christopher Nolan's movies in honor of Tenet. So it's just a lot of, a lot of stuff going on. And of course, I'm doing this podcast with you, Rachel, which is just so much fun. And, yeah, and really Ron, we have definitely got to have you back. Yeah, <laughs> that's so man. fun. Thank you, guys. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to do mine again. So I'm going to have mine last. Uh, and you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all over social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So please check that out. And you can follow me at the Hallmarkies Podcast, where we have a lot of fun over there as well. And we'd love to hear your suggestions of what you have been watching as we all try to learn more in this uh uh, in this moment that we've all been experiencing we'd love to hear your thoughts and what you think about the different films that we talked about uh, that would be amazing please put in the comment section or on twitter uh, and we would love to uh, hear your thoughts so thanks so much everybody this was this was great and uh, we'll be back uh, next week talking more hidden gems from our streaming services and uh, thanks so much talk to y'all later bye everyone bye be safe